All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 266 of the Kiss FQ podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the Kiss FQ message board. Today I'm joined by St. Louis Kiss Lonnie. Hello again, everybody. And 69th Blizzard Ken. How's it going? And hopefully, Marcus Almighty will be along shortly, and if not, we'll see him next time. But, uh. Better. Uh, wow, the earth moved for you. Sorry. Uh, I thought it was an earthquake here. Yeah, yeah so, you guys, it's for you guys. California. So before we do some news, just do some uh, recent purchases because I actually, you know, I no longer collect, or so I say, but I did actually buy something. You're right. right. Yeah. And of all of all the shit that I could buy, what did I buy? Promo flats for kiss my ass. And oh, okay. Def Leppard. And that's all right. Hot in the shade. You know, just in case I ever do awesome. do that uh, the book on that. And of course, the other item that has come in that I did do a flip through for online, but just so that you could see it in, again in all its mm. glory. Oh, yes. Yeah. It is shipping. There, I didn't show the width. Nice. Wow. Yeah, it's nice. So it is really good. Look at the flip through. Looking forward through. to that. Yeah, the flip through doesn't have any spoilers in it, but there's some, I think, another uh, kind of review of it online that's got some additional flip throughs. If you're really looking for the content without paying, you think you'll be able to see about nine pages in total between everything that's out there so far. But it really mm-hmm. is worth it. So um, check out that flip through on our channel, of course, and go to the link for the book if you haven't ordered it. Standard editions, if anyone's wondering, we'll start shipping it in a couple of weeks. I believe Nicholas mentioned today on the FAQ thread about the book. Uh, these were, of course, the super duper deluxe Auto- ultimate ones. autographed mm-hmm. ones, which they were obviously able to ship a little bit earlier. Uh, but everyone else is, and I've got one of the the regular ones coming in as well, just in case I change my mind and sell that, you know. But he doesn't collect anymore. I don't collect. It no, he doesn't. <laughs> I don't. And and now, in order to fund that book, um, I have some T-shirts left from Nashville. So uh-huh. if you want a Kiss FAQ t-shirt, of course, with the nice newspaper-style art, PM me. Uh, they're very reasonably priced. And I've got some of the button sets still left as well. Those are all up on eBay, actually, right now. Nice. So if you're looking for those, uh, it helps fund the FAQ and my interview transcriptions primarily. <laughs> so there we go. What else? Oh, today, the uh, next series of three what are they? Uh, Gold Awards have been kind of yes. announced online, and they are Dynasty, which Jason Herndon, of course, rightly pointed out, is still using the wrong centering. Um, right, yeah. And they're using the right one, I believe, for. Um, for un- and creatures. So and creatures, yes, yeah, true, creatures, right. That's really weird. So, of the three, Dynasty looks horrible to me. I've. I don't, I like, don't, like, I don't like that logo. It just does not look right. I don't like the red background because, again, gray, was for me anyway, was the primary color of that artwork with obviously the accent being red, uh, the Dynasty logo. Yeah. Unmasked, I'm not buying any of them, but uh, the background is cool on Unmasked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a panel. The background is like the panel from the... the you know the, the cartoon or whatever comic in, in black and white, but the most in disappointing white. is creatures is horrendous. When you look it's at how just awesome the back of the album cover, yeah, no it's lightning, no, no lightning should have played a very important part in the in my opinion, and of course everyone's a critic, but it it does nothing for me. Rock and roll over yeah, was, was awesome with those quad uh, kind of the, the chords. Yeah, yeah, that's one. I, that's one I'm still thinking about. Yeah, so. getting. Any of these going to go on the warm of your man cave, uh, wall of your man cave, Lonnie? Um, none of those three. Yeah. None of those three. They don't. It didn't really move the needle for me today. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah. And they skipped yeah, the elder so much. You know, they they, they could have had the uh, the brown award because it, I'm <laughs> the, sure I'm sure it because was, that because that would have really popped. Could been in a texture of a of a door. You know? The ba- the door in the back with a brown LP with brown tinted glass on it hiding it and just a little oh, hiding saying, it. This is commemorate you know best effort <laughs> and utter failure. Good try. Yeah. 
Well, you know, oh, yeah. it would have been another Ezrin one that could have gotten marked for as well. So right. there you go. <laughs> All right, other new product announcements. Uh, well, Kiss Online is having a T-shirt sale, according to an email that came when I was driving while rushing oh, really? back here for the show. Um, but also the Hits, Hot in the Shade, Blue Vinyl, and Hotter Than Hell, Orange Vinyl, were inadvertently right. announced, and they're going to yes, be officially it. announced in a couple of weeks. Um, right. Thoughts on those? Orange Vinyl again for Hotter Than Hell. To me, that's completely wrong. Yeah, that red vinyl been. for hotter than hell. Damn right. Yeah, it could have been, could red, have been red or red or yellow, maybe. Um, uh, the I think the other one. Well, I I can see the blue for the hot in the shade, but I I thought they should have done like a sand, like a oh man, desert you, desert sand. You you were totally yeah, 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 oh, he's on he's on he's totally on. Or what about a splatter of that aqua blue and the sand like that? Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. that would be. That would be the tits. Hey, you know. I mean, it's not like you can next, actually play that one. LP with all those grooves on it. I mean, it's so compressed and it doesn't make a demo sounding album sound any better by putting that amount onto a vinyl side. But, uh, hey, that one's Universal. cool. Hotter Than Hell's a failure. Universal needs to contact us before they, you know, select their colors next time. Yeah, and there'd be a line of 900,000 – well, I wish there were 900,000. There'd be a line of KISS fans saying, no, that color is wrong. Ken, you're wrong. Oh, yeah. Julian, you're an idiot. Yeah, I'll hear you. Yeah, I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah. So at least that one's still Probably. going. Um, rock and Pod. All, oh, there's Mark. All right, so Marcus Almighty, good of you to join us. Just I'm still in my monologue, so your timing's perfect. Oh, great. Yeah, we were just talking about more Bob Ezrin awards to hang on your wall. Mm. Huh? We were talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah, the the new, um, what was it, the Unmasked Dynasty and Creatures Gold Awards, of course, being announced, and we were just being critics and haters mm. and criticizing the design, and we were just wrapped yeah. up on the uh, Hotter Than Hell vinyl being the wrong color announced for the next vinyl issues all right so rock and pod obviously i was there interviews are up i have not put them all into one show i put them into little individual bite size i mean ken mills does fun size well these are kiss faq bite size episodes you only get 15 minutes with each uh, piece of talent that's walking through the rock and pod so they are short they are highly focused and it was just you know gary corbett talked about the 30th anniversary of the Paul Stanley solo tour. Um, who was it? Yep. Uh, Drew Hanna from Wildside talked about co-writing with Paul Stanley. Clock Strikes on the 1992 Wildside album. And the poor drummer, because I only had one mic, opted to stand off to the side and not be not participate. <laughs> um <laughs> Who else was there? there? Oh, Toby Wright. And, yeah. You know, yeah, after, totally, la yeah. after last year's fiasco, this year I had video running and audio and talked to him a little bit about Carnival of Souls. So check all of those out. Of course, the long one is the panel I did with the Rock and Roll Residency from fan to band, just talking about their... And I, I decided that I wanted to talk more about them and their kind of like growing up. So we got first guitars, first bands, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more background information on each one of the guys rather than just going fanboy and talking about what's Gene really like. <laughs> yeah. But I, I exactly. Think, I, I think we got a couple of good questions in, especially at the end. Unfortunately, we were running late, so I lost about seven minutes of uh, my time on that. And. We didn't get the soundboard recording, a technical issue while they were setting up for the band uh, that had performed right before they uh, knocked out the USB cable to the drive, no. which would have stored the audio from the board for my panel, which I would have then married up with the video. So the video was the safety, and that's all that I've gotten. I was able I EQ'd a little bit as best as I could to make it a little bit more listenable, but it was loud in the room. And I'm not going to apologize because you can at least hear it if you're patient. But if you're expecting a spoken word quality album, you're not going to get it. So, no. Shit. Yeah. Well, I watched a couple of those or, or listened to. And, uh, you know, I really like the, you know, Gary Corbett one. Gary's um, all, I love Gary. Gary is mm -hmm. so fucking cool. Yeah. And so fun to talk to. I love talking to him about non-kiss stuff more, but he's got some great sure. stories. Yeah, it was it was good, and yeah, the other one, unfortunately, the audio on the the Aces band, uh, that was that was hard. That was hard to listen to. 
uh, because of the noise, unfortunately. And unfortunately, you know, that that USB thing happened. <laughs> but, oh, well. Or the yeah. cable. Yeah, yeah I, so. I yeah, I checked out those as well. I I checked out the Toby Wright one was good as well. I kind of got the feeling though that one went a little bit shorter, almost because of that ruckus that started happening. They started the they there. started the music, yeah, you know, and that yeah. was the the biggest uh, yeah. downside. And you know, a lot of kind of the podcasters kind of were affected by the noise level, the stuff going on on stage, and you're doing interviews, and there's just no way around it, unfortunately, even with yeah. proper mics. <laughs> And I don't have headphones for my setup, which really would have, I mean, you saw Toby and me struggling to hear one another. At the end, I just said, you know, ride it off, you know. Yeah. We, we just can't really talk under these circumstances. Yeah, Gary's was fine. That was much easier. But, you know, again, a lot of extraneous uh, noise because you know what? There's a lot of shit going on at Rock and Pod. There's stuff on stage. There's <laughs> vendors. There's people. Oh, and yeah, you're also in a, a mass huddle of tables where people are, are podcasting. Lonnie, I know this is all alien to you because when you came to Rock and Pod, and you, Mark, you know, we were basically a store. You know, we weren't podcasting, yeah. so we didn't have any of these issues that first year. So it was really, yeah, it was fun. Awesome fun. But, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's something to think about for next uh, Rock and Pod is they maybe because i think you can get at some of these music stores these kind of like miniature kind of like half square things where you where you have like uh soundproofing you can maybe put them so when people do their interviews they can make these little small booths for people to do their interviews in and it would probably cut off a lot of the sound like the drummers like the drummers have kind of well, like, them, that, that's like know, a sometimes. plexiglass thing yeah, yeah it's, plexiglass. it's the same idea but they have like yeah. something that's more like like a foam material that you can put around sure so it gives you a bit of privacy too and it also blocks off some of the sound and you can keep the sound within the microphones too right so maybe yeah. that's something to think about sounds like yeah. sounds like way too effort for traveling <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So it, again, it is what it is. You know, I I had a lot of fun at this event. You know, when David Elfson was doing his panel, and you know, I was like cheering. You know, him on. He's like, yeah, kiss FAQ over there, and that kiss guy. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm getting shout outs from this the guy. basis from Megadeth. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. So you know, I, I didn't get any chance to interact with uh, pretty much anyone else in those uh, those. I guess five people who I've mentioned, but uh, you know, it was a, it was a good weekend, and again, seeing all our friends from various podcasts. Um, Lonnie hates us today. <laughs> was really a challenge. So let's get into a little bit of what's been going on, um, and it predominantly revolves around our last episode, and that is, of course, Vinnie Vincent's bash did take place at, at the mm. t- at the time. I mean. Let's let's just uh, talk about reaction to number one that it happened and what you guys have gleaned out of uh, the various interviews. I mean, there are three. Jason Randolph did his own uh, kind of podcast on it. Um, Mike Brunn interviewed someone who attended, and of course I interviewed Wade who attended. I think we have a pretty clear picture of what happened at the event. Um, Mark, thoughts? Well, I only caught. Uh, your interview with Wade, um, in- interesting, um, and uh, I- I'm yet to hear the other ones, so I'm I'm very curious to hear the other ones too, because you know just to get perspective from other people as well, obviously. Um, but from what I understood, um, obviously he was there, and it it was a legit thing, and it actually happened, right? Um, what I'm still kind of confused about is that if I'm if my memory serves me correctly, because you know. Keep in mind, I'm one of these guys that listens to like nine podcasts a day, so sometimes they get intermixed with stuff, right? Uh, did, he did say that he was playing, right, when they came or something like that, or he was playing on his guitar when he was there, yeah, and that he and, or doing something, yeah. yeah, and that he did say that he was that he sounded good. I mean, the, the thing is, if he sounded good, why wouldn't he just let people tape that then, just to finally put that to bed, finally, just, you know, like. This whole can he play, can he not thing. If he's if he was there and people are already saying that he played decently, then you know put it to bed. Let people record. You know this whole thing with nobody can bring in cameras and nobody can bring anything to record. That you know I found still kind of suspicious. But I mean you know there were people there, so that makes it less 
suspicious. But, you know, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts about that whole, there was like an audio file that went up very, very briefly of some playing, and it, and they were like, no, that was that was a fake performance. That, oh, that was totally fake. You know, that, yeah. that was bullshit. That was someone just trying to mock or just see how silly people were. But, uh, you know, there's been no audio evidence from the sounds of it. The 24 to 30 people who were there, you know, did indeed respect the wishes of Vinny and, and I guess, the, the muscle to not record. So, I mean, without video evidence, the question remains, if Vinny falls in a forest and no one's there, was he noodling? Yeah. I mean, th- that that's still my my bottom line question. For I mean, what, what do you think, Ken? I think, yeah, it was more noodling probably and playing some scales. Uh, then it didn't sound like he was shredding. Um, it didn't sound like that was happening. It sounded more like just practicing doing some scales going up and down the thing you know again we haven't heard it so we don't know so the whole thing sounds more like uh actually just a get-together you know eat some food talk to Vinny, you know a bit bit, and uh have him sign 10 items of your stuff if you have 10 items to sign um that's that's about all i got out of it i mean there's nothing i don't think he even said what is coming or to them did they any you know did they talk about did he mention upcoming uh, except for some kind of appearance that he might be uh, one of those like monster whatever things back east um that they have i mean any, anything else for his you know future plans did he even tell anybody or announce anything it didn't sound that way for uh, you know what I, the impression i get from the questions that were asked that they were given to this one person to read uh, and kind of filter and filter yeah keyword and that that was really <laughs> all that it seemed to be i mean i can understand Vinny not wanting video out there of him playing after the reaction to the video of him playing in miami you know when all he was playing was essentially rhythm yet yeah. someone who was there saw him plug in and rip a scale mm-hmm. you know so Again, I don't have video of that, so I can't prove it. And I, I think people are adamant that in lieu of any, you know, good faith interviews by three people who attended saying that he was playing, none of us are, I guess, guitar players enough to be able to describe exactly what he was doing. I mean, you know, bends, scratches, you know, right. what sort of scales, right. yeah. what key was he in, you know, all, all that kind of stuff that would help nail down what he was well, actually. Mark is, Mark's a guitar player. No, but I wasn't there, right? I mean, I couldn't I couldn't tell you what was going on, right? But, yeah. but I mean, but let's say, Mark, you were in the audience and Vinny was up on stage and you're 10 feet away from him. Would you be able to describe to us the tuning? that he was playing in and then the technical he was doing certain uh yeah the scales and all that so you'd be able to give it technical nuance yeah, yeah. and wade's a yeah, drummer so he, you know he's not going to be able to necessarily yeah. describe it hang on you're, back. you're like whack-a-mole today <laughs> oh, it's yeah well, he's attempting to <laughs> Got him. he's frozen <laughs> well the, the, the thing about that though is what i was going to add to that is if he really wanted to Again, make it clear that he can play. Just going up and down a neck, just going, that's not going to clear clarify anything. All he should have did is the same thing what all these guitar players do at these kind of conventions. Like I saw Ingve do this, Paul Gilbert do this. Just make a simple backing track, drums, bass, play it over a little play small with. PA and play with it. I guarantee you if you can play along to that and do all your little improvisations and your technical mumbo-jumbo and your whammy bar dies and all that, people will be like convinced they'd be like wow great he can play and that's all it would take a simple five minute improvised performance to just a simple drum and basic and you can do that easy like you have all kinds of fantastic programs now where you can just put a couple of loops together you know grab your bass guitar just play a couple of chord backings and there you go it's simple easy beasy you know and there you go right so that's why that's why i always am suspicious of it i mean i want to be, believe it or not i want to believe that he can still play as a guitar player to another sure. i actually want to believe that he can still do it and you know cl- clear this thing once and for all because really this has been dragging on for so long i mean come on just mm. let's have a resolution one way or another just show us can you do it 
great. If you can't do it, then, you know, maybe 20 years he had other things to do and something happened and he couldn't keep up his chops. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Well, it's also right. what level of playing do we want? I, you know, I really want to believe that Vinny can still play. I was, I'm guilty of looking at some of those photos and trying to see his fingernails to see if there are any chips in that uh, nail paint that he ha- he sometimes <laughs> wears, just to see if he'd been tapping, you know, uh, or finger picking in any way. <laughs> Couldn't see shit, so you know that was it. But you know, what do you want him to be playing? Do you want to be have him playing All Systems Go or Invasion? Because they're two completely different styles of guitar. I actually prefer the warrior and earlier styled Vinny pre-82, 82, 82 and, uh, which is more melodic, slower. You know, could he get up there and sing Innocent Eyes? I mentioned that song, you know, repeatedly because it's one of my favorite Vinny compositions. Or are there people who are diehards like Ving V? I want him to come in and be playing the intro to Boys Are Gonna Rock, um, mm-hmm. which I couldn't give two shits about, to be perfectly honest. I prefer the melodic Vinnie Vincent because that was the better songwriter for me, and that's yeah. the material that I enjoy more. I'm more likely, again, to reach for All Systems Go over Invasion because that's my, my preference. So does he feel the pressure of being expected to come in and play Nuke It or Shocker or, you know, Mm-mm. Invincible or, you know, Wild, what is it, Wild Side, Wild, wild Child, pardon me, or Full mm-hmm. Shred or any of that, you know, with the really dynamic, aggressive guitar playing, which I don't think he could play. And from the sounds of it, he did have a drum assistant, V-Meister, on stage for backing. So mm-hmm. my the image I get out of this is closer to metal tech if you've ever seen his in i'm going to call it instructional because no one's going to learn oh, shit yeah. from watching that video because it doesn't teach a mark you're like kind of chuckling have you seen it yeah yeah here's my yeah. K, here's my kmart acoustic now press play on you know our reh's video series yeah so that's the image i have of him kind of standing up there here's your backing track and he's doing a little bit of this I, that's why i was asking wade you know did you recognize any parts of solos or was it just speedball jam well what is speedball jam speedball jam is a little more than kind of mm-hmm. blues on acid uh, with scale, <laughs> scales mixed in, and it really yeah. is bumblebee, bumblebee, bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I'm thinking I'm with you, Julian. I want the more. Uh, I'm more worried about not how fast he can shred or play a guitar. I'm more. I'd rather have him, you know, writing material, uh, melodic material, um, even something, even even in the vein of you know, lick it up material. Um, would be would be fine. I mean, it's a lot of great material there, um, but he doesn't have to, you know. Yeah, do the bumblebee thing or whatever. Melodic solos with melodic songs, great riffs. I want to hear great riffs in these songs. So uh, that's what I'd rather have from him. I'm not worried about him, how fast he can play. You know, it's it's just it's not important. Come yeah, on. I mean his, his words. I mean, he lives in Nashville, around Nashville, somewhere mm-hmm. near Nashville. Sure. And, yeah. and why isn't he co-writing with people? The guy knows how to use words and has a great sense of melody. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, talking about the melodic end of it, I mean, we touched upon something that's very important. Nowadays, the whole ultra-fast player is not really so in vogue anymore. I mean, look yeah. at look at look at a band like Iron Maiden. The most memorable parts of their solos are the things that people can sing along to. Like, look at these South American concerts. They sing half the guitar solos because you can't, because they're melodic. You can you can do, like, Fear of the Dark and do all those melody lines with them because they're melodic enough that you can sing along. I mean, if you could do stuff like that, I'd be more than happy. I mean, you don't need to sit there and do 64 scales the whole time, note scales all the way through just to impress me. I mean, write a good melody. I mean, Iron Maiden will always impress me with their sense of melody and harmonizing than they ever would with, you know, some kind of ultra-fast, blistering shred thing. And they, and they don't do that anyways, so. Yeah, I think ultimately his reticence to be videoed is, number one, that he doesn't want to appear unlike people's memories of him shredding mm-hmm. in the 1980s. Because, again, he did very little in the 90s um, on camera, mm-hmm. all those appearances with tribute bands. There was always, it seemed to be one excuse after another why he wasn't, you know, taking the lead. I think also, number two, and possibly more importantly in this day and age, is it's his last commodity. 
he's sold his signatures and his image and all of that repeatedly so there has to be a limited market still left for that in in my opinion <laughs> all that he has left is proof that he can play guitar and with the reaction to Atlanta and the little bit of acoustic fumbling that he did uh, and his claim again reiterated during his birthday party that he plays many hours a day uh, well come on I practice rocking in the free world many hours many many hours and when it, t- <laughs> it came time to actually do it I was left a little bit lacking um, so again because he doesn't do it on a regular basis it's kind of a tough sell or a tough ask to expect him to be able to get up and then play that one thing very well perfectly knowing that everyone is videoing it and also look at the what are we 14 pages on the kiss faq thread about the bash i mean it's turned into more of a philosophical debate about salad but um there, there is a lot of nastiness contained in there from people who really want him to suck uh, people who are really, uh, people who are fairly and rightfully aggrieved at being ripped off by him, because come on, the archives, people paid and did not get it. Um, mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people waiting for him to fail, for him to do that solo, to do "Boys Are Gonna Rock," and that note was out of place, and they are waiting to pounce, and I'm sure he knows that, uh, and is absolutely. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm going to project. He's probably petrified. Uh, yeah. the nastiness that follows because he doesn't seem to react well to negativity. He can't just say, well, that's someone who's overreacting, being a complete jackass on the Pacific mm-hmm. message board and say, well, f- well he, I guess he did do the, uh, the fuck him, but uh... <laughs> yeah, well, uh, again, I, it's, it's just I just hope there's just some sort of resolve to this one way or another, you know, it just seems like we've been dwelling on this for so long i mean for everybody's sake if not Vinny's, i mean let's just you know get this matter dealt with once and for all i mean can he play or can he play you know and and just go go ahead and get this result because i think that people are you know just going overboard sometimes with some of these things and you know it's just i think we have better things to do with our time don't we or do we i mean or does Vinny like drama <laughs> Yeah, that's another Maybe. interesting question. Maybe it keeps them in the spotlight, right? <clears throat> if, <clears throat> excuse me, these kind of uh, things that happen. But I mean, like, what? Again, I, I just think that he uh, would do well for himself that if he can actually do this. Because I mean, the line that I think bugs everybody the most, and it always gets the biggest reaction, is whenever he says, "I practice several hours a day." Because, like you said, Julian. That doesn't mean nothing. I mean, I can speak from my own experience. I've been writing records and doing stuff now for the last couple of years, uh, you know, and not been on stage and played for a long while. I know for a fact that even after the amount of time that I've been on stage, I mean, I've been on stage since I was 17 years old up until I broke my leg, which was in my, you know, early 40s or whatever it was. So I was playing for a long time on stage. And I can tell you now that after a two-year break from playing, if not longer, it would take me a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, to get back into gear comfortably of playing the way I was before. Because playing to a drum machine or playing by yourself is not the same thing as playing with other people. You know, when you play with other people, everybody has their own meter, everybody has their own sense of tempo and rhythm. And to get used to playing with these people... You know, you have to give it time. It doesn't doesn't just happen like that. Bam. That's why whenever you see bands like Maiden or somebody else play, they play great together. You put them on stage with a couple of other different people that they've never played with before. You always see that sort of eh, uneasiness because they're not used to each other's meter or they're not used to how they, you know, perform their, their instrument. Because sometimes people mm-hmm. do different things, right? So uh, I just think that, you know, even if you practiced 15 hours a day every single day, you know, I think that it's different once it becomes a playing with a band situation. I think that's why he canceled those things, because he probably was just not locking up with people or knew that he wouldn't, you know? Yeah, and as as I know, getting up on stage and just playing with people is very challenging yeah. to, to be honest i mean mm-hmm. number one even if they're all friends looking out you know looking up at you you know if you haven't sound checked rehearsed and you go straight in i mean 
you know, that's my excuse for my performance. That, that was go on stage, put on guitar, go. Never played with the guys before. So, I mean, what's what's Vinny thinking? Um, again, he could sit there for 10 hours a day with his drum machine going, and it's still different when he gets out in front of people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think people's demands of I want evidence before I'll believe he can play. I wouldn't be surprised if he can per- play perfectly fine in a room with a drum machine going, and it's probably awesome. you know. And that might be what he should actually, if he wants to, mm-hmm. r- record. But uh, then we come back to it being a commodity. It's a way for him to make money when there are limited ways for him to make money, especially when we know that he's not a big fan of traveling. Uh, that mm-hmm. is, flying. He will drive, right. as mm-hmm. we know, from New Jersey to Miami. Mm-hmm. But that very much narrows. Um, let's see if Lonnie's able to join again. Just everyone, everyone wave to Lonnie. Hey, Lonnie. Is Lonnie hey. to my left or right? One last try. All right. So we're talking about Vinny. What are your thoughts on uh, the birthday bash and the requirement for there to be video? Bang. It doesn't surprise me that there wasn't, that that was the stipulation. But I'm excited for him that it happened. I'm excited for him that he was finally able to pull something off. You know, weeks leading up to it, I would see on my my Facebook or my Twitter feed that, oh, it's been canceled. It's been canceled. It's not happening. And it's all it's these people and the only people that were putting that out there were the people that wanted Vinny to fail again. They had no substantial evidence to this. They're just throwing shit out there to see what sticks. It's kind of like the news. You know, they don't have to research anything on the news anymore. You just throw it out there. Facts, who cares about that? We're just going to tell We're just going to tell you this thing's canceled. And Vinny's an easy target. Vinny's an easy target. So, and I know he's opened himself up and let him be an easy target over the last few months with the events that he has canceled. But that doesn't give anyone, anyone, the right to start just throwing crap out there saying that it's been canceled. So, you know what? Good for him that he was able to do it. You know, Vinny obviously has some demons or whatever that he's working through, but good for him that he was able to pull off this small event for a, a, and, and play in front of people. It's the first time he's really played in front of people. I mean, I guess he played in front of people for the for the Kiss Cruise pre-party or whatever, but, but he did play in front of people, and that's a big thing. It's a big thing to him for a guy that really hasn't, that really hasn't performed in front of a live audience in 20-plus years. So good for him that he was able to do that. And not to sound like like an old lady who writes into the comment section for the newspaper, but but shame on these people who just throw shit out there saying that it's been canceled. That's just bullshit. And you know, you you are the people. What's wrong with with the internet? What's wrong with social media? Just throwing shit out there saying that it's been canceled when you have zero evidence to back it up. I'm sorry, that gets me fired up. Nice. So I rejoined at the right time. Yeah, you he's know, fired up. He, he's back just in t- just in time for a Lonnie hot take. Awesome. Um, but I want to also echo those people who attributed the reports to Chris and uh, you know saying as reported on Decibel Geek. I mean that was fucking disgusting because they knew that was a lie and that was just some shit stirring garbage. So that was absolutely disgraceful. Shame on you, the person who did that. Absolutely shame on you. You're absolute disgrace. Um, but, you know, back to it again, I think that Vinny has somewhat made his own bed. But I'm happy. I'm actually happy for him that his event took place. I'm happy that those people who put trust in him to go all the way to Nashville mm-hmm. for this event got what they were expecting out of it. And you know what? If we were all trolled by thinking he was going to show up at the Marriott, fair play. Because that is hilarious, especially with, yeah. the, you know, as I, I mentioned, the way the, the pink tablecloth linen for the little old ladies doing their birthday party right down to the pink, the pink uh, cupcakes. That, that was going to be there. That was just two happenstance. And, you know, if Vinny helped prepare food for it or organize it or whatever, you know, again, it was a very small scale party. Um, I wouldn't have missed Rock and Pod for anything. And let me just be clear. I, I don't have have two minds about this. I know which event I was interested in. Um, 
as much as I'd be interested in seeing Vinny play, I would not be able to deal with the no video restriction. I just would not have the fortitude. So I would have been that one guy quietly escorted out, kicking and screaming and ball gagged. <laughs> <laughs> I need this evidence for my podcast, not you bastards! <laughs> Think of the ratings! <laughs> Think of the clicks! Think of the clicks! <laughs> All right. Well, I I think that's probably enough for Vinny. Um, Let's go into some... Anyone got any topics? Because I I did say... Oh, yeah, that was that other piece of news. Uh, uh, Chris Cat number one has started shipping. Uh, Mm. The the record label guy was on vacation until, I think, two days ago. So things have started shipping out. You'll get your notifications. They've got quite a lot of orders to get through. And how do I know that? I looked at his Facebook page today. And I... I know that some people have received theirs already, so they're shipping. That's that's awesome. Cool. Everyone, who's ordered them? Ken, you? I did not order. You did not order cat no. number one. I, I thought about it. It's but... on my list. It's on my list. I'm on a, I'm on a strict vinyl budget. Um, I can put on how many I can order in a month. So it is <laughs> it's so on it's a... my shopping list. Uh, so so you have a you have a limit by album or limit by dollar? Limit by album. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so very it, interesting. So, how do you know? Because you know, like, because because like that that best of solo album was shipping. That wasn't cheap. So, I mean, that would have yeah. if I was on a price by dollar, yeah. I would have been like maybe a couple months worth or something, depending on the budget I was placed on. So, True. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't get it. I mean, I I, I thought about it. I thought, oh, it looks kind of cool, but I got to think about is it a Kiss album? No. Is it a yes, a Peter Chris album? Okay. Is it a great Peter Chris Peter Chris album? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's my favorite uh, of, of the three. Of yeah, the it's three. okay. Uh, I mean, it's not as good as his '78 one, of course, um, but it's still. Uh, it wasn't enough there for me to just get it. Maybe as a collector, uh, I don't buy every vinyl <laughs> that comes out. I buy most of it. It was Kiss on it. But uh, yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. I couldn't see buying that one. Yeah, I, I mean, I only have seventy. I, I, I and I truthfully and shamefully admit that I don't have out of control yet on vinyl or CD. But you know, I will get that next because I mean that is probably the next you best. You call thing. yourself, I guess. Yeah, well, <laughs> people would people would argue about that comment for me, but you know, uh, I'm. You know, I'm thinking about it. I might get it down the line, but I mean, who knows? You know, they're, they're limited. They'll probably run out eventually, but it, it won't be anything to lose sleep over for me because, I mean, I'm not that much into collecting his solo material, obviously, so. Well, you know, on a positive note, it does include the Cat EP track, so, you know, yeah. they, Jella Jansen from uh, KissRelatedRecordings.com did rejuggle the track sequence in order to make it work on vinyl, so very, very cool. All right, let's go into a couple of uh, threads from the board, and just uh, we'll do quick takes on these. Detroit Rock City turns 20. Lonnie, thoughts on that movie? Is it worth celebrating? I, I remember going to see Detroit Rock City the night it came out in theaters. It was August 13th obviously it was a friday night and like the promotion leading up to it was like oh you know it's a friday it's, and they would choose to release this movie on friday the 13th just like like tongue-in-cheek type promotion you know um and like like mothers against remember like the mothers against the music a kiss or something like that well that was in the, I that was in the movie too but it was like tongue-in-cheek promotion for that even too like like protesting yeah, yeah like protesting the movie too um <laughs> Goes on like Kiss Online and stuff back in the day, but um, I remember going to the movie and and you know I put on my Kiss T-shirt, my Kiss hat, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. all ready to go. Walk into the theater and there's two other people in the movie theater, and I walk yeah. in, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Where is everybody? I couldn't. I was so disappointed, and I knew the movie was just going to bomb. The, the before the picture before it even started i mean it's just like i head just dropped down the floor and i'm like where is everyone and it's just like oh no it's gonna bomb isn't it and my girlfriend looks at me she goes yeah it's gonna bomb 
Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you. And then she's like, I can't believe I'm here with this idiot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you, Lonnie, when I when I, I saw it the opening day too, I think I I think I actually took the day off from work. And I went so to the excited. I went I went to the first, you know, showing that day in the morning, <laughs> late morning I guess. And uh yeah, like you said, there was <laughs> like a couple of people in the theater, uh besides us, and I was like, Oh my god, there's nobody here that wants to see this. And then th- the best but the best part of the movie was the opening sequence. Yeah. That was the best oh, yeah. part of the movie. The opening sequence where they're you know, right after she puts the uh, needle on and you know, I stole your love comes on and then it's all the different yeah, I was like that that was the best best part of the whole I mean, it was okay from a kiss fan standpoint. Um but uh yeah, it could have been a better, better movie. Could have been. Honestly. Well, honestly, I mean, I went to opening day, and here in Canada, just like in the United States, there was a grand total of four people in the theater, including myself, when it's we Bob went Rezzer to see it. In the crowd? No, I, uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't look. I didn't look. I, was, didn't I should have looked. But I'll, but I'll tell you this though, I I did kind of enjoy it the first time I saw it. I mean, for a few different reasons, though. Um, I thought the opening sequence was brilliant. In, in fact, not about the part, though, with the mom taking the, route, the record out bit. That bit c- killed me because it did bring produced. back... It, yeah, because it reminded me of something that happened very similarly to a friend of mine. His mom did something very similar, and we had a similar story about that happening to him. Uh, or his mother. But anyways, um, parts of that movie kind of resonated with me as well because i think back to my young you know times when i started playing music i had those moments where you had you know the buddies downstairs jamming and it sounded terrible like they did when they were playing rock and roll night there and you know then the mom comes and you're hiding the bong quickly underneath the bed because you don't want them to see and you're spraying (laughs) the the downstairs you know all those things are just something that was when i was watching it i had a kind of smile on my face because it reminded me so much of my 17 18 year old self when i started playing music i was like wow this is like it's like somebody went and asked about my kind of background or something for the script you know it was unbelievable some of the parallels of this stuff that happened you know but i think that's why i kind of enjoyed it i mean it's i think they were hoping that it would lure in people in that way that it would make you think back to your early teenage days what it was like and you know maybe lure in the 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 musician who's now you know our age and think back to those days and you know the fun it was to you know go to see a kiss concert the things that you would do to go see a concert i mean back when i was younger it was more about me going to see a rush concert but the 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 parallel is still there you know it doesn't matter what band it is right so um yeah i i kind of enjoyed it i mean i i admit i have it on dvd i bought it on vhs when it first came out then i bought it on dvd when it came out so i i i don't mind it it's it's just a trip down memory lane in more ways than one for me yeah, I've got the Mothers Against the Music of Kiss sticker on my cassette case uh, nice. that I've had since I was a teenager. So it's got like the Union sticker on it. It's got that. It's got Frank Caragillo's Kiss Collectibles on it. I did not go and see it uh, in the cinema. I waited for it to come out on VHS, and then I well, it was gone in three days anyway. And that's the, you're the reason, Julian, why it was only in the theater for like two weeks. People like you. It wasn't even in the theater <laughs> two weeks. It was gone after a week. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> Come on, I'm pretty it, sure. I of think that. it did twelve. Probably being did, generous. Did yeah. twelve million, <laughs> and that that was it. I think, and I just was not interested in it. When we saw the uh, the trailers for it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is garbage! It's going to be horrible." You know, watching it on video, I watched it on the cruise with Mike, uh, a friend, and actually, it didn't bother me. It's got some good scenes in it. Um, you know, it's aged well, actually. The father on shrooms was hilarious. Yeah. Um, Elastic oh, yeah. Man, you know, and some of the some of those little things were kind of stupid and fun. I loved the burning of the tickets, that whole mm-hmm. sequence, uh-huh. and getting chased by the school security guard. But it was just a dreadful story. The Walmart clothing going to school on the first day and getting hassled and laughed at oh, that, that, I mean, that was hilarious i mean that was me because i you know went to montgomery <laughs> wards and got my new clothes for the school year you know getting harassed by that so 
it just didn't work. It wasn't enough kiss for mm. uh, you know like Phantom yeah, of the right. Park at least had them as characters throughout. I mean, not that you know we're going to compare if they'd improved as actors. So it did nothing for me. I wasn't interested in it. Uh, the soundtrack when it went from having original Kiss songs to having nothing and the re-recordings yeah. and it got juggled. I mean, it went through so many different soundtrack changes. I just lost interest as we went along, and then that god awful song that came out on the soundtrack mm. just was like a oh. n- nail in yeah. the whole coffin of that era for me. So it, it's it's a very negative thing. The uh, premiere party when they did the lip sync mm. performance, and who else was there? Uh, yeah, wasn't there like Everclear or some other? Yeah, maybe Everclear oh, and like Cheap Trick or something like that was just kind of pathetic it was like wow this is just really lame and they are just going all out and it just seemed to be going through the motions Mm -hmm. to a certain extent like they knew it was going to be a bomb and there was no kind of enthusiasm behind it you know because they'd been there before they were all cynical you know salespeople by that stage (laughs) at least in 1978 they they, they probably knew they were putting out crap, but they were enthusiastic about it. So. Yeah, that yeah, that performance is a great time capsule for that band, for the band was at the time. You look at August of '99, where the Psycho Circus tour had been cut short because it had not been attended well. Paul cut his hair and went and did Fame of the Opera, and then they come back and they're going to do this one-off, quote-unquote, performance for the premiere of it, and it's just like a mm-hmm. band that had really really lost direction at that in the summer of 99 and by that point i can almost remember you're already starting to hear rumors of a kiss tour next year that'll be the farewell tour mm-hmm. um and may, maybe i'm a little off on that but i can almost remember around the same period hearing that because there there was no what 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 was left for them to do at that point they had had the reunion tour they had come back with the new original Kiss album that had and the tour had failed. What they had no other card to play at that point because they had totally lost direction of where where the band was going at that point. And it's very evident if you watch that video and that's on Kissology. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Sorry to bring everybody down. But no, no, I mean, I, there's, there's not much. There's Happy not anniversary, much Detroit Rock City at 20. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> It was a yeah. good try. Yeah, it gets a gold star for effort. No, it doesn't. It gets just like a pat on the head, a patronizing pat on the head. All right. Um, let's see. Any more topics on? Anyone else have a topic that you want to talk well, about this week? I, I kind of wanted to talk about one thing, just more to get your opinion on. I mean, I hope this is not too much of a touchy subject because I know it okay. really lit a fire on Facebook about this. But uh, anybody have any? Uh, comments about this whole Ross Radley book thing? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I got the email um, about it being delayed again a little bit, you know, till by Christmas it's saying that we would uh, get the book for people who, you know, pre-ordered it. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, again, I, I said in one of the threads, I think on the Pacific keyboard I said you know just good things come to those who wait you know I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty patient person <laughs> but uh, some people are just you know making a big deal about it. like uh, I don't know I think that one thread you locked um, had to lock Julian which one I lock uh, a lot of threads I lose <laughs> yeah well the one that one that was originally started about uh, the other book uh, the you know the yeah, hottest round in the line Hottest mm-hmm. brand of land, and then a couple comments happened in in that, and then it turned into a uh, a, a story talking about magic, you know, because it's magic, you know, is delayed, and you know the the other hottest band brand in the land, you know, is that's how you that's how you do it kind of thing, and I, I I don't I didn't like those kind of side kind of remarks you know you know slights towards ross radley i mean he's, he's trying uh 
he went through his first attempt. He's doing it on another attempt now, and and I think it's going to you know happen. So uh, there's, there's no reason for people to be you know attacking him. Some people thought he wasn't maybe saying something back to them, but he really wasn't. He was just explaining uh, his view on how why he's doing it a certain way and wants to make it right, you know, before putting it out. Um, so, yeah, I talked about the licensing, you know, whether it's licensed by KISS or not by KISS, um, you know, the importance or not importance of it, you know, whatever. I just want the book and... I'm willing to wait a little bit longer. Wait long enough. I think it's going to be a great book once we receive it. Uh, like I'm going to receive, I'm still, you know, I'm going to wait for the hottest brand of land book, which I guess later in the month or the end of this month, uh, it'll ship to me. So I, I just, just don't think there's any reason for negativity one way or the other from people about these books. Um, hey, we're lucky to be getting books like these that, you know, fans are, willing to you know work to put these things out you know like uh, you know elaine our friend elaine or alan um you know who puts out yeah. has put out a few things so we're, we're lucky it's just you know be be nice and and you know, know wish you know hope for the best well, i think that's part of it though i think that because we have people like alan these people who put out stuff on a rec kind of well kind of a regular sort and of julian basis too and yeah and julian who puts up a lot of books too i mean but Good that point. but that's the thing but 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 that's the point is that i think the problem here is that people are you know expecting that everybody who gets involved in this kind of thing that it comes out in such a timely fashion like these other people do it but other people have you know different things in their lives that prevent them from doing it maybe on a daily basis sometimes there's a lot of things to do, and, they're, they're, and they're, he's doing it by himself. I think he only has one person helping him with this, right? Whereas maybe some other people might have more extra help. Somebody might have a backing of some other company for something. I mean, but putting something out yourself takes a lot of work. I know. I mean, like putting out an album is a lot of work, especially if you're doing it by yourself, right? So I know that there's, you know, a need sometimes for patience with people when it comes to this stuff. But I mean, I really hope though that he doesn't start getting some sort of, you know, nerves about putting this out because of these other things, you know, like this book comes out now, Hottest Brand of Land comes out, Alan's books are out, Julian's books are out. So he's kind of probably looking at himself and saying, wow, how does this compare to these other books? And sometimes people get a little nervous about putting out your first thing. This is always the hardest, putting out your first book. I guarantee you if Ross puts this book out, and if it does well, he might have the momentum to want to do another book like immediately because now he knows what to expect. The first thing is always the hardest, you know. That's why I think that maybe there might be an element of kind of maybe sitting on it a little bit, you know. Maybe he's hoping that Kiss will contact him about the book and get involved in it. Maybe he's hoping that you know somebody else will come in and help and you know with some something. Who knows? Maybe with the with the printing of it. I mean, who knows? But I hope it's not that. I hope it's just him getting the stuff you know, finished off finally now and then just getting it out and it just took a little longer than necessary. Yeah, Lonnie, I know you got to split out. No, I got to no, I, I, you know, we live, we live in an instant gratification society and people who, you know, pre-ordered these books, you know, a while back get, get impatient. And, you know, we have, we have to remember that, that all good things take time. You know, and for the, I remember Julian. The first time we interviewed Ross about this book was like the summer of '15. He came on the show, and we were talking about it. So, I mean, it was it was quite a while ago that he had this idea. And you know, when, I guess you know when you devote this much time and this much energy into something, you don't want to just to throw it out there just for the sake of throwing it out there. You want it to be right, and you want it to live up to the hype that that you've created for it. So good things take time. You know, some, some, sometimes thing, you know, people will look at how to bring in the world. That's, that's coming out. Well, that's great. You know, other people, different people work at, at different paces and, you know, it, it's not the same book either. You know, it's, it's, it's more of a, mm-hmm. what he's doing is, is, is very extensive and very, very research based as well. So it, not that, not that how to bring the world isn't research based too. Don't, Somewhat misquoted, but you know, just chill out sometimes, and and 
and let let the process play out. We, but like I said, we live in an instant. The problem is we live in such a a society of instant gratification, and we don't we're not used to waiting anymore. When we want something, we want it now. If I want it, um, I got Amazon Prime. I'll have it tomorrow. Type of thing. You know, we don't we don't wait for things, or I'll have it later today, or something for that matter. So we're not we're not used to waiting. So you know, like like Ken said, patience is a good thing sometimes. And good things come to those who wait. Yeah, I think it's always important to remember that this project doesn't happen without the crowdfunding in order to license the photos. He can't do a thing without that bucket of cash in order to have all of those agreements in place. So I, I have to respect that. Now that he's had that bucket of money, I think this has to be the last delay. Um I I think it's a little bit like the Soviet space program versus the U.S. one. The Soviet program in in launching Sputnik um, made all of their mistakes in private, and the U.S. were blowing up rockets on the pad in front of cameras in front of the in front of the world before they succeeded. So that's I know a little bit of a stretch uh, in terms, but I think Ross has been doing all of this very publicly, probably for too long in advance of being able to put it together so people Mm -hmm. have heard about this project it's always been coming it's always been happening it's had requirements that other projects don't have you know i funded you know to five figures the recent books that came out each one of them i was five figures in the hole to bring them to press i didn't have crowdfunding i didn't need it or I, i would never do that for the sorts of projects that i work on Mm-hmm. Um, very different than photography based mm-hmm. uh, and let's not forget also that there is a lot of story in magic that needs to be married with those photographs which means that those mm-hmm. layouts are horrendously complex especially mm-hmm. when Ross has a very exacting standard mm-hmm. so I think it's unfortunate that we have been waiting for four years but I don't see how he would have had another path in order to take it from vision to creation his way without having to uh, necessarily go the licensing route and give half away. Because, again, he still would have had to fund all the photography licensing before he could ever go to print and finish a book. He can't do a layout with pictures that can't be included in the book. He can't do anything in that book unless everything is absolutely licensed, and then he can put his text in on top of it. So, yes, the delays are unfortunate. Are they understandable? Yes. I think my only criticism of Ross would be maybe a little bit less of the online cheerleading about the book and focus on getting the damn thing done. <laughs> Ross, just, yeah. just, just shut up about us getting the album release dates wrong. Just forget about that, get the book done, and then have it carved in stone and in print that this is the great fucking date that the Kiss album came out. Here mm-hmm. is all the evidence. Go look at page 49 of Magic. Um, that, that's yeah. my only criticism of him. He's a big dreamer. It's a massive dream. And big dreamers have big risks and big challenges um, attached to them in order to bring them to reality. But I th- really think that after the several delays that there happen with this project, that this has to be the last one. I don't doubt that it's going to happen, that it's going to blow everyone's mind, because I think what he's trying to do is well worth believing in that magic. Um, so, you know, that's, that's just kind of my thoughts on that. And let's leave that there for this week. You know, um, I think vindication is what we'll call this episode. And hopefully Ross, hopefully Ross will have his vindication in December when he starts shipping. And hopefully Vinny will have his vindication too. So we shall see. What do you think about all these topics that we've discussed, you know? And also uh, go back and check out all those Rock and Pod episodes that I put up this week. I mean, what's this, our sixth episode of the week? That's freaking nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> lots to digest, lot to cons- lots to consume. Let's be thankful because go to yep. Podcast Rock City. They were interviewing. Podcast were interviewing. Uh, which other Kiss podcasts were there? I Love It Loudcast. You know, mm-hmm. we're interviewing. I'm in love with that song. Was interviewing people from this event, and there were some Kiss related ones. There were a lot of not Kiss related ones. Potter than Hell too. Uh, Potter, was it Potter? Potter. Potter than Hill, yeah. Yeah, Potter than Hell did uh, a Michael Sweet interview, I think. 
Yep, um, and that was amazing, actually, that jam session. So there are some musicians who can get up on stage and automatically jam with whoever's playing. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> that was fucking badass. Um, so, you know, what are your thoughts on all of this? Vinny, is, you know, what's it about? What do you think of our opinions and all that? What do you think of our opinions and all the merch uh, that's been announced? And uh, what do you think on magic? Do you believe in magic? Well, I do. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.